Welcome to Compassion Radio 360. week. It's time for 360 on Compassion Radio. Welcome back to the microphone, honey. You're in Texas, so of course this is a remote recording. It's going to sound a little mm-hmm. different than our usual times together. Thanks for being back on with me. Well, you're welcome. It's good to be back. And just to remind everyone, we are recording this as you prepare, honey, to go to Romania and do their fact-finding trip with Dr. James Jennings of Conscience International to facilitate some things for the refugee crisis that's going on in Ukraine right now. Yeah, we could go out there and find some facts and tell a story for you. But like we talked about in last week's 360 program, the idea of having a story that's powerful is to motivate people to do the things that God has called us to do. We're growing from being an information and teaching ministry to being a very much an activist and involvement ministry. There are not enough ministries, not enough governments, not enough churches or individuals on this planet to cover every bit of that border with every need and every person that might cross it. But we've got to do something. And there are plenty of open holes right now that need to be filled, not just to provide temporary help, but to provide an opportunity for connection, for relationship, and real hope. That's what we're going for. And we'll tell you all about that when we get back. And along the way, we're hoping to get some good reports back to you from the field. So hopefully you've heard a bit about that from me while I was on the road this week. And of course, there'll be a whole lot more to tell about in the weeks to come. Well, today on Compassion Radio 360, we want to bring you another story from the news that Bram and I have been talking about over the last few weeks. And it's a story about a small school in Alabama and a basketball tournament. Not just any tournament. It's the state basketball tournament, which is a big deal. And when you rise to that level and you're playing basketball or any other sport, it's a big deal, especially in your high school days. Yeah. And this is the like the March Madness for high school sports in the state of Alabama, mm-hmm. which means that you were invited to be there because you're a winning team. Right. We have earned the right to be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. This team had earned the right to be there for sure. This is not a feel-good story to start with, but it pivots to something that I think is incredibly positive. And not in the way that you expect, which is why we like the story. So why don't you go ahead and lay down the facts for what happened to this team, honey? Okay. The school that the story focuses on is a Seventh-day Adventist school, a Christian high school. It's located in Huntsville, Alabama, just north of Birmingham, about 100 miles. And their men's basketball team had advanced to the semifinals of the state tournament. So they were very excited about that, obviously. Well, they found out that the game that they were supposed to play was scheduled for Saturday at 4.30 in the afternoon. And for them, that is their Sabbath, their worship day, their day of worship. Because the Adventists focus on keeping alive the strict observance of Sabbath that has flowed all the way from the Old Testament. So like most Jewish sects do today, they mark time from sundown to sundown each day and This would have fallen within the hours that Sabbath requires them not to be doing something that was not necessary for rest and contemplation of God and His Word. So they emailed the Alabama High School Athletic Association and requested if they could play the game at 7.30 p.m., which would have been after sundown. Their request was denied. Yeah. 
And that's a problem right there, because it seemed like in any regard, unless there was some major problem with the possibility of playing that game, some overwhelming circumstance that would prevent it from happening, there was no reason to deny it. And there wasn't a reason to deny it. That's the point of this story. Exactly. And so this team then got in touch with the other teams that were involved in this tournament and asked them what their thoughts were on it. And they were like, yes, we'll accommodate that. That's fine with us. So everybody who actually has a stake in this, the teams that are invited to play this tournament that stand to gain from this, all of them said, sure, we are willing to accommodate your religious needs. However. The association still denied the change in time for them. A rigid rule could not be bent at all on behalf of this team. This was devastating to these young men because they had worked so hard to get to this place, to get to this tournament in the semifinals. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Again, I just want to reiterate that. I remember yeah. yes. those high school days, you know. They took to Twitter to share this news and they were trying to get it overturned. But still, this association just stood firm and they really had no basis. They just decided to stand firm on this decision. And I do want to mention that in reading this article and seeing the pictures of it, the name of the school is Oakwood Adventist Academy, and it's tied in with the Oakwood University up in that part of the state, and it is a predominantly black college and school system. I mean, predominantly. There is all kinds of tinges here of discrimination from the state officials who are predominantly white. So there's that tension going on. How they chose to respond to that provocation of not being accommodated when most teams might have been is what is the moral foundation for the story now. They had a team meeting, and everyone was on the same page. They would forfeit. The athletic director said that we weren't asking for a change of stadium or venue or of a different day, just a simple two- to three-hour game change. And when they were refused, he acknowledged that the team had decided to forfeit. This athletic director said we were taken aback, and we were upset that they weren't going to play. Now the governor, Kay Ivey, stepped in and demanded answers from the association. So all this was happening at the same time. But take in that moment for yourselves, friends. The team said the most appropriate response to this provocation, to this injustice, was not to fight, but to forfeit. They were going to take the high ground and say, if we cannot be accommodated, we are not to go against the authorities. We're not to complain. We are not to fight. We are to be respectful and take our lumps. That, to me, speaks oodles of yeah. integrity. Well, like you said, the governor got involved and was demanding answers. It sounded like she was very concerned for the well-being of the students mm -hmm. and wanted to make sure that they didn't feel slighted, which I don't know how they could not feel that way. They were invited to the Capitol to join the governor and talk about their time at the tournament itself. But the thing that the team decided to do... Instead... They decided to go to the tournament and cheer for the other teams that were advancing. Yeah, including the team that received the benefit of their forfeit. Mm -hmm. So that just opened a whole new view of these young men. I'm just so impressed with them. Immediately, I thought of the scripture in Romans that says, Celebrate with those who celebrate and grieve with those who grieve. And these young men were grieving and people around them were grieving with them. And the governor of the state was disappointed with them. But they chose to celebrate with those who were celebrating. They didn't just celebrate the teams. They celebrated the contest, the, the very thing that they wanted to be part of. Mm -hmm. They didn't just maintain their personal integrity. They, with their moral authority, maintained the integrity of the entire event. I believe that their actions became the motivation for all the other teams to give their best on the floor. Mm -hmm. This is such a hard lesson to learn 
not just because they're in high school, not just because they're high school students. I think it's a hard lesson for all of us to learn that we choose to celebrate with other people when we are so hurt by a decision that directly impacts our ability to celebrate in so many ways, you know? You would think that circumstances would make it impossible for us to do this thing. But these young men are showing us that we still make choices even when we feel like we've been slighted or offended or hurt. Mm -hmm. And in that circumstance, is there some way not just to rise above it to be more spiritual than other people would be at that moment, but to be truly free? And I think Mm -hmm. something about what their decision together means to me is that they chose together. They were still them. Their Mm -hmm. team found a way to be a team, to accomplish what teams are supposed to accomplish in the event where they were denied, quote-unquote, justice, when they were not given due accommodation for their worship, for the way they honor God. Mm. And others noticed. I mean, when the governor of your state calls and says, this is not right, I'm going to do something about that. And she did. She got very involved in the conversation, and they're going to make changes and hopefully push the needle a bit here towards right when it comes Mm -hmm. to issues of small-town teams and even white versus black issues being pushed towards true love, justice, and honor. Mm -hmm. Those things progress because of the integrity of people like these young men. But what I'm saying is their team did not lose. Hmm. They won big. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the example that they are setting for those around them, for those that play against this team, is so mature and so beautiful that everyone involved in this can't help but be touched in some way. This is going to impact their lives for the rest of their lives. And not just these young men and their families, but those around them, the teams that they cheered on, the teams that they played against and possibly could have progressed further into the tournament. And I think those other teams know that. They know that these young men deserve to be there, earn the right to be there, and they were probably a worthy opponent and would have done well in this tournament. Yeah, they probably would have. But this is a bigger picture. They're going to do well in life because they have chosen the greater things. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, that is a spiritual choice. It's one of not just personal integrity, but of real moral authority and spiritual power. And their lives are going to be full of examples of this going forward. People will remember how they responded to injustice and made good of it because of that. They've really truly advanced Christ in this world by that example. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the word inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. We have a very special giving opportunity this week to double your gift for a special offering to the church in Ukraine. Our partner in this is our dear friend and fearless kingdom servant, Oleg Magdich. 
He has laid it all on the altar to serve the Lord, and I absolutely mean that. Please cover him and his team in nonstop prayer as they find new ways to care for the Ukrainian church, now literally behind enemy lines. And pray for the protection of their families who are now en route cross-country to flee the fighting in and around their homes in the capital of Kiev. Then, and I beg of you, send your best gift today to support the Christian family there. If you give this week, your gift will be doubled by a very generous and anonymous donor. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. Our mailing address is Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. There's always going to be some days the cupboard's empty. The path is hard to see through worries and through doubts. Always going to be some nights when it's hard sleeping. Back down upon our knees with dreams that don't work out. But there's always going to be a light that keeps on to our discussion. Their lives are going to be full of examples of this going forward. People will remember how they responded to injustice and made good of it because of that. They really truly advanced Christ in this world by that example. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's unpack that scripture that we came up with. We're talking about Paul in Romans 12, about rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. Every time that we've read this, at least I have across my lifetime. It's been in a situation where things are going pretty well in my life. I have never read that scripture where I was really hurting. Mm. But it is not talking about just being happy with happy people or being sad with sad people. This is an intentional choice that Paul is talking about. Mm. What does it mean to rejoice with those who rejoice? Now, first thought that comes to mind, honey, is simply this. We don't have to feel what they feel in order to rejoice with them. Right. I'd think that the other teams that went to this tournament, too, had to think, I feel strangely proud of them. Mm -hmm. And we feel like we lost because they're not part of our tournament. Yeah. So in some ways, I think on the moral plane, the other teams are saying, we're weeping with those who weep because we felt it. Something wrong happened here. Yeah. And those who were hurt turn around and say, but we're rejoicing with you because you need to rejoice for what's coming next for you. And we're here with you to celebrate those things. Both of those statements in Paul's scripture there are, are alive and well in the situation. Mm-hmm. Both celebrating and mourning are happening at the same time. They're not colliding like it's a disaster. Something good and deeper is happening because of it. Well, I think there's been times in our lives that we have experienced that juxtaposition of emotions yeah. <laughs> all at the same time. And we've talked about before how even in the middle of some really difficult things, we can find a reason to have joy or a reason to celebrate when we get news from someone else or we just enjoy time with our family or, you know, good friends. And so as ridiculous as it might sound to celebrate with those who celebrate and grieve with those who grieve, well, what if I don't feel like it? Mm -hmm. 
I think that it is very possible to do that. And we can make choices like these young men did to put our own selfish, although rightly so, feelings aside and choose to celebrate others, even when we don't want to, or even when we want to celebrate ourselves or to puff ourselves up and say, look how poorly we were treated. You know, they chose not to do that. And they, they did not respond in a way where they get their reward in full for parading their spirituality in the streets. They decided together to remain a team and they made that decision in private. They didn't Mm -hmm. go out there and have a news conference. The athletic director's responsibility to any school or university is to interface with the public and to promote sports and sports integrity across the leagues that their teams are involved in. They are the evangelist and the face of an athletic program at any given school. And even this athletic director should be taking up the sword and swinging wildly here saying, we were wronged. You would think he'd be the valiant defender of that. But he took his cue from the team. Mm-hmm. And his responses to the world are based upon their integrity, not his. Yeah. What else can we learn from that scripture that Paul is talking about? Well, the second thing that comes to mind for me is that when he's writing this to the Romans, they're going through intense persecutions. So why would there even be an opportunity to have to wonder if you should rejoice with those who rejoice or weep with those who weep? If you got any joy, of course you want to celebrate that. If you're going through a lot of persecution and hurt and harm, Of course you should be comforted in that, and we should not forget those who hurt. But why would he have to bring up something that seems so obvious to those who are suffering? Because they were. Mm. In some ways, I think it's because he knows that the rest of Christendom, the rest of the kingdom of God around the world, are looking over the shoulders at this situation that Paul is addressing for the Romans. And he's talked about all the essentials of what faith really means when things are tough, what faith really means when things are good, what faith really means. He's talking about all those things in the chapters before that. And now Mm -hmm. he's saying, this is how to deal with it once faith comes alive, once it's actually in your life and showing you the path and showing you directions and leading you into ways of righteousness. Mm -hmm. Once all that is finally happening, then you got to deal with, well, how do you respond to things that happen in life now that you are on the path? And that's why I think this story meshes so well with this particular scripture, because I see them as kind of being like the church in Rome on a very... (laughs) A very limited analogy here. Mm. Well, the church in Rome was dealing with so much pressure from society around them. And Paul says just before this verse, he says, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Mm. Don't fake it. These young men are learning what it means to be authentic Mm. in this. They're learning what it means to have their heart moved by love for others and caring for others. Now, they may not realize this at this point. They may not realize that what they did in going and cheering for their opponents is an act of love. But I guarantee that's what the scripture is talking about. Yeah, It is talking about cheering for those that are opposed to you or your opponents in situations where you could choose to complain and to protest about how you're being treated. There's no sense of this being a win-win in the traditional sense. Like every party got something out of it that they wanted. Right. I don't think that the team from Oakwood Adventist Academy got what they wanted out of this, but they got something Mm -hmm. important. They got the approval of God himself. I know that. And they got the respect of teams that they would have gained another way by being on the court. 
So either way, they've gained the respect of them, so it's valuable. But it is not what they wanted. No, and in doing so, in in behaving the way they did, they exemplify verse 14 that says, Speak blessing and not cursing over those who reject and persecute you. Yeah. Not that this team was being persecuted in the way that we think of the church being persecuted, but this is a level of rejection Mm -hmm. that they're feeling and they're facing that kind of, I hate to call it persecution because that's such a drastic term. I think you could say that they discovered that their faith was not as important to others as it is to them. Right. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So what's the wrap up? We need one good thought to sum up our 360 program today, honey. Hmm. I just think these young men and their leadership are such great examples to us about how we can make choices in difficult times that bless others, that lift up the name of Jesus, and do so without puffing ourselves up Mm -hmm. or tooting our own horn, just in a quiet and gentle way that reminds others how important our faith is. And that's what they did. Not just how important our faith is, but how right and real it is. So Mm -hmm. that gives me great hope that we could experience that same thing. And there's going to be circumstances, friends, where we don't get what we want or think what we deserve, even as believers or as a church or as a family of God around the world. There's going to be injustices. We know that the church in Ukraine is exactly that example. And as you're hearing this, of course, I'm wrapping up my time uh, there in Romania and Moldova finding out how we can intercede for them, which I mean intercede by actually being there, being present to help in times of crisis. And even at those extreme situations where things are completely unjust, where evil is seeming to triumph, in those situations, God has something for us that is valuable, and that is a faith that's alive and real and will lead Mm -hmm. others to real hope and a real sense of peace with God when there's no peace in this world. Those are the things that God offers us in the face of incredible suffering or cruelty in this world. Or in the case of this basketball team in Alabama, Mm-hmm. The inconvenience of knowing your faith has to be more important, and we just learned how important it is to us because we had to sacrifice for it. And their sacrifice, of course, as we've described through this program, was more than just not getting what you want. They made the sacrifice of praise. They went and praised and encouraged and cheered on the others mm-hmm. when they didn't have to, when they weren't obligated, and they made themselves valuable in a circumstance when they were the ones that were at loss. Mm-hmm and others were, quote-unquote, winning at their expense. They went and loved them where they were. That Mm -hmm. is the message for me. I believe that lesson right there will apply to many opportunities and real faith living for all of us. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today on Compassion Radio's 360 program. Next Monday, of course, where we'll continue in the book of John. Thanks again for supporting this ministry and making it possible to do what we do and to go where we go and to present to you opportunities to do together God's Word in this generation. Have a great weekend. My soul, my soul, be satisfied.
Send your special gift for the church in Ukraine today, and it will be doubled with a matching grant. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.